This exhortation was brought to you by the Light Bearers, bringing light until there's no more darkness. Authority. He was describing how Jesus got the name that he got in heaven, and he he he, he uses a very strong narrative which I would like to to share. Let me open to Philippians chapter two. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'll read from the KJV. Verse verse five. He was saying, "Let this mind be in you, which was in also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God." thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of his servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He says, Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, the name is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, should bow, of things in heaven, of things in earth, and of things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He says at the name of Jesus. But before that, before that, he says Jesus was obedient unto death. In the Bible, the word obedience means a much more different meaning than it is in our world today. It doesn't mean to it doesn't mean to do as instructed. It doesn't mean to do as what as it was told. That's why we have phrases such as to obey the gospel, to disobey the gospel of Jesus Christ, or like Paul would write in Colossians 3, you see, the children of disobedience. But what does disobedience mean? Let me define it as to do as designed or to walk as designed. For example, if you are using your Google Maps to drive from point A to point B, once you follow that path, you are obedient. It's not active. In fact, it is almost much more active for you to disobey than it is to obey. So obey just means to let yourself go in the path as ordained. Let me give a very wonderful illustration for us. I was watching something about two years ago about nomadic birds. Now, nomadic birds are birds that... They are birds that do not have habitats in one country. For example, they are birds that are particular to some parts of the world. They are birds that are particular to, to the jungle in Africa. They are particular to Namibia. They are particular to Cape Town. They are born and raised in such regions. But nomadic birds are not like that. They fly from Europe to Africa and hatch their eggs. But there's something that these birds do. They are so intelligent that the time they are mating, and consequential conception and hatching of eggs to coincide with the time when there's green vegetation and there's lots of food for their young. So they are smart. So they know that in three months' time, summer would come in this part of Africa. So if we if we get pregnant in Europe now, I would hatch my I would lay my eggs in somewhere in Cairo by the summer. That's how wise they are. So but they hatch their, their eggs in the time of plenty and those ones grow up, become very strong and they don't fly like that. In fact, something so beautiful occurs that those birds may not have known where their parents came from. But once they complete that cycle, they would go back without being told, back to Europe where their parents were born, actually, where, where their parents came from. And they will continue that same journey again and again. And that's how they've been able to 
multiply and reproduce themselves. Why other species have gone into extinction when their habitats have been have been destroyed due to deforestation or due to um, over farming or when people are cutting down vegetations for timber. There are many species of birds in, in, in Africa or in the Amazon that have, that have been that are endangered now because their ecosystem was destroyed. But nomadic birds have a way of circumventing such things to preserve their generation. Now sometimes, due to certain factors, the mother makes a mistake and hatches an a egg in the time of drought and that bird dies because if she remains to tend to that young that they will both be prey for scavengers vultures or other wild animals so she leaves that bird in fact i was watching one of those series where i saw this bird and the mother was trying her possible best to tend to make sure this, this, this bird could eat but there was no food it was a season of drought and it was like four months long she made the mistake of hatching our egg in such a perilous time. Now we can say that that bird was born into disobedience, right? Into the unordained path. And, and, and it's, it's not just them, even animals sometimes make such mistakes. And I was watching one when this, this baby elephant could not get up. There was no water. And the mother could not wait. And elephants are more complex animals. You could see the tears coming down the mother's face. Even if the animal, but you could feel you could you, you 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 could just break down because this child was born in the wrong time and in the wrong place, and she could not wait because if she waited, she would both she would die of thirst and starvation, and they both be prey for wild animals or, or become their carcasses for scavengers. So she had to leave, and she was just kind of she was leaving. Who would save that elephant or that bird? It's not his fault. He was born to disobedience. The only way they can be saved, if possible. Is if they were born again. Is if they were born again back to the path of righteousness. That's why David writes in Psalm 23 that the Lord is my shepherd. He said he would lead me to the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He was speaking there as Adam and as Christ at the same time. He was panting and longing again for the solution that don't worry, God would lead me back, would lead mankind back to the path of righteousness. And that was what Jesus did by obeying, by being obedient unto death for our own sake, that we might be born again to the newness of life. That's why in Romans 6, Paul was writing, he says, Don't you know that as many of you have been baptized into Christ, you've been baptized into death, that as Christ was raised by the glory of the Father, you also should walk in newness of life. And the same way Christ died and rose, you shall die and rise again. Because why? He had walked the path of obedience for our own, for us. Let me give another example. And, and another illustration. I, I like to give examples like this because Ken Hagen said one thing that illustrations are like windows. They let light in. And once we give examples like this, it makes the gospel, it, it makes us understand the gospel more. When scientists want to find the cure for a certain ailment, like years ago, malaria was a death sentence. Just like cancer. When somebody announces that they have cancer, now people just weep. Oh, it's terminal. And it's an emotional moment. That's how malaria was some time, some years ago. When said you had malaria tuberculosis, it was a death sentence. And there was nothing you could do. So scientists and microbiologists, they sweated day and night trying to find the cure. Now, this is the principle of science. That if they can cure malaria or tuberculosis in one person, that means they can cure it in all of mankind. It has been defeated. Because every human being shares the same genome, the same DNA, or some, some same basic human DNA. So if they can eliminate the malaria parasite from 
anybody, whether in Australia or Equatorial Guinea, henceforth, anybody else that has malaria can be killed. So they'll come out and say, oh yes, we've cured malaria. Why? Because patient zero was healed of malaria by that test or child drug. You see, and that's and this was intelligence God. You see, God is very intelligent. That's how somebody defines salvation as, uh, I, I think it's, it was said, it was the greatest demonstration of God's wisdom. He says God was showing wisdom to angelic beings. So, our salvation was the greatest demonstration of God's wisdom. He's very smart. So, what he did was to look for a human being in whom he can cure sin and death. Where man was born to, in, in, into the path of disobedience. But there was no man. Not Abraham. No one was qualified. If he could conquer death and sin in one person, then he would conquer it in all of man who, who believe in everyone. If science can make a pig fly, one pig fly, They'll come out and say, yes, every pig can fly. Because they can make one fly. So God sought one man, but there was no one. He found no one. So what did he do? He became his own specimen and prototype. He became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And the Bible says one thing. He says, Jesus was tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. And he was obedient unto death. He stayed on the path of righteousness unto death. And this person rose again. A human being rose again. Let me, let me explain something. When, when we say Jesus rose from the dead, we must understand it is very literal. It's not figurative. I don't like when people say, oh, Jesus is alive in our hearts. No. It's, 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 it's not like a memory. Where people say, oh, they, they lose a love, a love, and they, they then say, um, oh, we lost um, Rachel, but she's alive in our hearts. No, that's not, that's not how Jesus is alive in our hearts. He's alive. A man rose from the dead. When he came out, he ate. He said, touch my hands. He says, put your hands into my wounds. They felt flesh and bones. He was alive. It was a supernatural body, but it was a human body. He ate. The only way why he, could able to, he was able to disappear and do things was because he had defeated death. So when he came out, he said, death, where is your sting? Why? Because heaven rejoiced that sin and death has now been cured for mankind. So now man can be brought out of that path of disobedience into the path of righteousness through Jesus. So he was a prototype. Let me open to Romans chapter 6. I'm explaining how Jesus got his name for us. And everything that Jesus did, he did on our behalf. That's why those who translate those who translated the New Testament from the Greek to English. They were very confused at some point because sometimes they'll say for God was in Christ. They'll, 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 use a, they'll use a Greek word that meant all the conjunctions of the whole English language. So they'll use there, which means in, which means true, which means by, which means within, because the salvation that Jesus did was so total, he, was, he identified fully with us that he, they could not find the appropriate conjunction to link man and God with. So they chose the one that meant everything. It, it meant in. So when we say in the name of Jesus, it could mean through the name of Jesus, within the name of Jesus, by the name of Jesus, for the name of Jesus. So when we say Jesus died for us, it does not really carry the weight of it. It doesn't. He died as us. He died our death. Let me, let me read Romans chapter 6. I'll show you why we have authority to use his name wildly. Romans chapter 6. He said, now, verse, verse 3 says, Know ye not that as many of us were baptized into Jesus, 
were baptized into his death. He says, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death. That as that like as Christ was raised from the dead by God Father, even so should we walk in, in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of death, we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. See, that's the science of it now. Because if one man could rise from the dead, so everyone who, who believes would rise from the dead. And everyone who believes has therefore conquered and is victorious over death. Has been freed from sin and death. It is no more inevitable. It is no more inevitable. It is no more a death sentence, quote and unquote. We'll be made free from sin and death. So we would rise from the dead. It is certain. Why? Because somebody already did. A man did. And those who did already have his life. But that's not even what I'm talking about. See, we must understand that Paul writes and says, reckon yourself also dead to sins. Because he's saying this. Now, as Jesus said, that as, as it was said of Jesus that he was tempted in all things, yet without sin. That CV was for Michael. It was for Ayomide. It was for Darren. So I can be written in the heavens and said, she was tempted in all things, but yet without sin. That CV was for Darren. That walking in obedience was for Darren. So Jesus was victorious over sin. So that it will be said, it will be written in stone that from this day, Darren Luaji Oduleye was victorious over sin. And there was no sin found in her. Do you understand? Everything he did, his stainlessness was for us. See, when we believed in Jesus, do you know why your sins were wiped away? Because he no longer exists. Your history no longer exists. My history is his history. So, I'm, 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 when people say I'm a sinner, they say a, a Christian is just a sinner who was forgiven. No, when he came to Christ, you took his history, you took his present, and you took his future. So your history is his history. So when he was walking the path of obedience, we were walking it in him too. All that he did, he did for us. He did for us. He brought us and led us back to the path of righteousness. So his righteousness is ours. Do you understand? It has been exchanged. He has called us himself. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 2. Now, he, he then said, Paul writing, he said, Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every other name. How was he exalted? Because of obedience unto death. So, he defeated death by his righteousness. He defeated it by his righteousness. That's why he was given that name. Because he, was, he walked the path of obedience till the end. But God was so bent on bringing mankind back to glory that whatever Jesus did, he said it was Dan that did it. He said it was Ion that did it. He said it was Michael that did it. In God's eyes, when they were beating Jesus, they were beating us. In God's eyes, as he was walking in obedience, we were walking in obedience. In God's eyes, as he died, we died. In God's eyes, as he rose, we rose. In God's eyes, when he sat on the throne of God, we sat on the throne of God. It was a total thing. Let me explain what grace is because sometimes we miss it a lot. If my child comes home and is given an assignment to write 1 to 10 because he's learning numbers or numerals in school, 
She's two. If I take a pen and write it and feign a baby handwriting to make it look as though she wrote it, I wrote one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and I said, and I give it to her. She's going to submit it in school and it will be marked as hers. That's not grace, oh. That's just favor. Now, if I take her hand into my own hand, right, and I write one to ten, and she takes it to school, and they ask who wrote it. She, she will say it's you that wrote it. Did I hold her hand? Yes. But who wrote it? It's hers. So what is grace? Grace is, all, is not just giving you what you don't deserve, but giving you the labors and merits of the one who deserved it. So you, you do not just qualify in states or in reward. You qualify in process. So when he died, I died. Since when I stand to heaven and somebody asks, why are you saved? There's no point in making this thought. There's no point in somebody saying, I know, I know, I know generically we say Jesus paid for my Jesus paid for our sins. Yes. But it was so total that he said, No, I paid. In him I paid. Yes, I I, I walked the path of righteousness. I died and I rose again. That's what Paul he says, reckon yourself dead unto sins. He says, Those who were baptized into him were baptized into his death. He must say it that in him I died and in him I rose. So his name belongs to me. So the Bible says, says he has given him a name that is above every other name. Now the question is this. This is Jesus. The Bible, Paul just said a few verses ago that he thought it not wrong to be called with God. That means he was God by himself. So what name did, what name was, ex, what promotion did, did he need? No, the Bible said that God gave Jesus a name, a name that is above every other name. Even before that, it says God has highly exalted him. How, how more exalted can you be? When you are God yourself. Except that the exaltation was for us. So it's supposed to read. So God. Now. Then in Jesus was obedience unto death. Now for this sake. God has highly exalted her. And has given her a name. Now the name there in Bible time does not mean a tag of identity. In Bible times. A name does not just mean a, a, a tag or label of identity. It means a state of matter. Very similar to gaseous liquid or solid so when you say um he says um, you're unstable like you, your, your your name is called simon because you're unstable it's a process so when he says he gave him a name means he gave him a state who was given a state mankind those who believe he gave them a state that is above every other state that at the instance of jesus all things would submit he has become a higher element. He has become a higher, a, a higher type of being. That's what the Bible says. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He is a new type of being. He says all things are passed away. And he was talking to his, he was talking about sin because people say, "Oh, my sins are passed away." No, all things there means all processes are passed away. When iPhone moved from the normal Symbian phone to the smartphones, all things passed away. They got rid of the 3G and put the 4G. All things, he said, behold, all features have become new. So all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. They then describes and says, and all these things are of God. That these properties, these new properties are of God. So the name of Jesus, all things are bound because we have been brought into the state of him. We bear his name. Hallelujah. He you know that's why you know I said that's why there's this song I like so much. Um, in Christ alone, my hope is found. There's a verse in that song that says, No guilt in life, no fear in death. 
This is the power of Christ in me because he conquered it. Since death, where is your sting? There's no longer point. It's over. It's been conquered. And he has given us the name of Jesus himself. And everything that attends to that name, all the help from heaven, all the submission of demons, everything that attends to that name has been given unto us. That is our salvation. That's the type of salvation that we received. That's why we can stand and say, in the name of Jesus, because that is our name. We are one with him. He says, he says, Bible says, he says, everyone who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Everyone who is joined to the Lord. I am the Priscilla in your life. Anyone who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Is one spirit with him. Literally, it means my, my wife works at George Hospital and she resumes by 7 a.m. Right? So I drive her and she probably enters, she resumes by 8 rather. She probably enters her ward as a doctor by let's say 5 minutes past 8. Now in heaven, this is how it's recorded. This is how we are so one with the Lord. It will be recorded that by 8.05, Jesus walked into George Hospital, Western Cape, South Africa. That's how it is. If Michael is going to his workplace tomorrow where he's going to buy and he gets into the car, his itinerary is Jesus' itinerary. Don't you, don't you, it's, it's the same movement. It will be recorded by 7.05 as Michael Daddy entered in the same way Jesus entered. See, we have become his omnipresence. Don't you understand? We prolong his days. He has given us his name. There's one time somebody, a minister of God was, was teaching and he said one thing. He said, he was, he was actually Pastor Chris, you know. And when he made that statement, people were very, there was, there was a kind of like a, a silence because people were like, ah, what are you saying? No, he was watching, he said, he said, oh, the world thought they had killed Jesus, but then came Pastor Chris. What I was trying to say is that he's alive now because he's alive. He then said, but you can, can say that about yourself, that then came Michael, then came Darren, then came, then came Laulu. Thank you, my Omide. Because we prolong his days. He is alive in us. His CV is our CV. We have walked the path of obedience. And we've received a name from the Father. It's above every other name. That the name of Jesus, all things are about. So the name of Jesus is more than a mention. It is who we are. It is where we stand. It is our position. It's our present state. That's our name. That the name of Jesus, all things shall bow. Of things in heaven, of things in earth, and of things beneath the earth. Hallelujah. Jesus represented us fully in his incarnation while he was walking, in his suffering, in his death, and in his resurrection. Oh, we are not strangers in heaven. The church of God needs no handout. Do you know one thing? When Paul the Apostle was persecuting the church, before he, before he became an apostle, he was persecuting the church out of zealousness, the wrong zealousness though. And he would bring Christians out and hand them over to the Pharisees and they would either kill them or they would stone them or the Roman government would incarcerate them. When, when Jesus appeared to Paul, he said, Paul, he said, it is, he says them, it is, it is fruitless to kick against the bridge. Then he said, he says, why are you persecuting me? He didn't say why are you persecuting them. He said, why are you persecuting me? 
And he said, who are you, Lord? Because I, didn't, I have not met you. I didn't persecute you. But the time he was stoning Stephen, the time he was torturing and terrorizing believers, he was doing it to Jesus. This is why he persecuting me. He represents us fully. We bear his name. We be, that's our name. The name of Jesus belongs. We do not borrow it. It's our name. We can stand boldly and use that name to rebuke demons. To heal the sick. We bring his presence to the whole world. We are light bearers. We bring his presence, his goodness, his holiness to our families. The reason why Jesus is in Elmina's family is because she's there. The reason why Jesus is in Elmina's family is because she's there. He's there in her. And all that attends to him is with her there. When we walk into our offices, he's there. When we drive on the road, he's driving on the road. Everything that he does, he has done for us. He has done through and he has done in us. Hallelujah. God's formula has worked. His vaccine has worked and it's Jesus. He was looking for one man that were in whom he would conquer sin and death and he was successful. And the day we received of Jesus, we took him in. And the very life of God became ours. All things are passed away and all things have become new. And these things are of God. These things are of God. These things are of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's begin to thank him. And not just thank him, but begin to boldly use his name in situations. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. You see, Paul was telling the church. He was, he was telling the Roman, the church in Rome. He was telling them something. He wrote this thing to them. Let me read from Romans chapter 6, verse... verse um, Six, he says, knowing this, that an old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. He says, for he who has died has been freed from sin. He says, now if we die with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he, he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11 says, likewise. He says, likewise. Mean also. He says, reckon yourself. See yourself dead indeed, unto, dead indeed to sin. But alive unto God. He says, see yourself that way. As you see Jesus, stop looking at yourself dying and rising from the dead. He says, see yourself that way. Dead to sin and alive unto God. I do want alive unto God. I'm looking for the best way to describe it. I'm looking for the best way to describe it. It doesn't mean to be, it doesn't mean to, to, to live on, it, it means to live, it's to live unto deity. Do you understand? It's, it's being exposed to deity. It's alive unto God. Likewise, see yourself dead indeed to sin and alive unto God. The exact thing that was created to Jesus' account can be said to be of us. Dead to sin and alive unto God. So I'm alive unto God. He's my father. He's not a stranger. Somebody said one thing. He said, Jesus was so much the son of God that when he went to a mountain, he wasn't going to look for God. 
like people do today to, to go to a, a huge mountain to find God. He was going there to engage God. Don't you understand? He was going to engage God. You know how somebody goes to, you know how somebody goes to, to, the, to the toilet, right? You are going there to do something within your system, right? It's within you. You are going to pass something out. Jesus was going to the mountain to engage God. He, 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 was, engaging the, he was engaging his Godness, the God within. That's what we do when we pray. We go to engage our spirits. We just go to stir it up. We stir up that communion between God and man. Like it, we, we, we just activate it. We, we like we just like when they say for you to pour the juice, just shake and pour. By just shaking it up, we are bringing it to the we are bringing it to the fore. We are being aware of it. That's why prayer is not so much. We, we, we just say prayer is a dialogue for the sake of understanding. But prayer is prayer is that act that causes us to be aware of the oneness we have with God. So as we are praying in tongues, as we are praying, we are just aware of that communion. He's already there. He's not to and fro. He's a rumbling. David says the he says the the communion of the spirit shall be with you. He says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit shall be with you forever. That communion of God, that oneness is with us right now. See, the church of God needs no handout. You don't. You you almost I am using the word almost you almost need no one to pray for you. You almost need no person to pray for you. You almost need no help. There was a time I was in a I was I was in a, in 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a one of these conferences in Nigeria, and a man of God came. He was a guest minister. I know he meant so, but I felt I felt a bit uncomfortable by what he said. He said, "I have come here because there are some battles you cannot fight," and. As a man of God, um, I've, I'm coming to fight those. Um, I've, I've come here to fight those battles for you. And people began to rejoice, and I was disturbed because it's not. It's, that's not what I see in my Bible. I understand what he's saying that sometimes you need the high authority. There's a blessing of of a, of a senior preacher or a priest. Even God ordains a priest to bless the house of Israel. I understand that, but we should be careful when we use such statements because the church needs no handout. It's not a victim. We are full of God Himself. He has given us His name. Have you not heard? That the name of Jesus, all things shall bow. All things in heaven, all things on earth, and all things beneath the earth, whether in hell, whether in the earth, anywhere. Or someone give, someone give a testimony and say, I was I was in a I was in a in a bus and somebody blew a powder on me and I I, I, I fell asleep. Before I before I knew it. I found myself in Kogi State. And so I saw people that were doing rituals. And I brought out a flyer. And the flyer came out and fire came. And Puna say, Hallelujah. Puna Puna said, Oh, praise God. I'm like, ah, How did you sleep in the first place? Do you know who we are? Do you know who you are? Do you know who you believed in? Do you know what you received? Do you know what to say? What it means to say in the name of Jesus? Do you know what that name means? Do you know God has called you his own? Do you know you are the custodian of God's power in the earth today? Some things should not come out of our mouth. Some things should not leave us. Some things should not leave us, leave us be in our speech. We have 
the name of Jesus. And yes, sometimes we need help. We need, we need, we bring, we can be prayed for and things like that. But do you know, do you know, do you know what we have received? He says, see yourself alive unto God. Alive unto God. That's who we are. So when next there's a time of trouble, stand boldly with full authority and say, in the name of Jesus Christ. Know it. Knowing this, that as a, the way he died and rose and conquered death, you have done that also. You have done that also. And all everything that attends to the name of Jesus attends to us. So when, when, when we call for prayer meetings like this, our prayer lives cannot be enriched if there are such tights and knots of, of unbelief where there is this kind of meekness and shyness. We must not have full authority for us to really enjoy the true power of prayer. Because the power of prayer rests on the power of righteousness and what Jesus did, not just for us, but on our behalf. On our behalf. When you walk the path of obedience, He did so for us. Hallelujah. One more time, let's begin to see situations. Imagine them. I'm beginning to say, in the name of Jesus, it is well. In the name of Jesus, I am healed. In the name of Jesus, this thing is done. And heaven will answer. Can we begin to pray one more time? I know I've made us shocked sometimes, but can we begin to exercise? I want to make you proud. That's my goal. I want to make you proud. Like Paul. I want to make you boast in God. I want to make you to be proud of his name. I want to make you to be a proud believer in the earth. Because that's what you need to conquer the earth. So that's what we need to conquer hell and darkness. I don't want to make you humble. Be proud and be boastful because of the name of Jesus. Oh, these guys are proud. They're always boasting about righteousness. That's, that, that is, that, that's my intention. That you stand in a place of pride with full authority.